Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. Before we start this conversation, please enjoy these two other podcasts that I absolutely love, right out of the Upfront Network. Hey there, campers. My name is Emmett, and I'm the host of Gaze in the Woods, a podcast that explores rural LGBTQIA2 experiences, from radical fairies and lesbian farmers to backwoods slam poets and community organizers organizing communities the community didn't know where they were all along. Can you have a pride parade when you're the only gay in the village? What is camp when you live in a trailer? And if a genderqueer bear shares their pronouns in the forest and nobody gets it, is anything real? I don't know, but let's find out together on Gays in the Woods, an Upford Network podcast. If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast, helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Queer Teen Podcast. I'm super excited about my next guest. I found them online in an article and I just reached out and they reached back. So take it away and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Sky Kubakub and I use they, them, and now also Zizem pronouns with the, the X's. I'm trying it out, so don't worry. Um, I am the creator of a clothing line called Rebirth Garments here in Chicago. Uh, and that's for queer and trans disabled folks of all sizes and ages. What, um, first of all, it's beautiful, number one. And <laughs> everyone can't see this, but they're wearing the, the stuff right now. Yes. Uh, those earrings are crazy. <laughs> yeah. What would you call that? What is that design? What is so, that? So I, uh, I'll do a quick image just for audio. Yeah, let's describe, let's describe it self okay so well the earrings are acrylic uh gold glitter and they're a collaboration with my friend alex chen uh, they because they're like a more computery designed objecty type person so they took my queer crip symbol which is the trans symbol mishmashed with the newer accessibility icon which is of like a more active looking wheelchair user rather than like a passive uh, wheelchair user and it's like smashed together to create the queer crip symbol that I created in 2000 I don't know 15 14 I can't remember okay. yeah. um and yeah so they're like but they're like three inches uh big earrings like I love giant earrings um and then yeah I'm wearing a pink scale male headpiece which is like very dragon scaly and I'm wearing a uh, free the armpit crop top 
in like primary colors with some neon green sheer stuff and like black and white grid uh grid fabric there's that uh, it's so cool first of all the colors are my colors i love all i have so literally i have so many bright colors i don't know if you can see this (laughs) so many bright colors always on me that's like just the thing i like i've always liked it it's just i love neon colors my whole website that i created is all neon colors nice um so that's so cool. I, so what, what inspired you? What was, what was that day? What did that look like for you when you started to be like, I think I need to make clothing that's more accessible for every fucking person on the planet. Oh, by the way, you can say whatever you want on here. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Teens. <laughs> they don't care. They, they, they actually, they care the least amount. I know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. What was that moment for you? Um, well, I guess it, there's like a couple different moments for me. So like when I was 16 years old, I was in, I was like the co-president of my, um, my school's gay straight Alliance. We called it a GSA. I know yes. now it's like queers and allies, a gender, um, sexuality, an alliance yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 Things like that. But when I was there, it was called GSA and, uh, me and my fellow president Ona, we went to like this GSA summit for Chicago and saw the, the, like, I think they were called like the Chicago, boy toys or something maybe maybe not maybe it was just chicago kings um but uh there was a a couple of drag kings who kind of showed us what their process was for like getting ready like they showed us how they did their makeup they talked about wearing chest binders and like packing undergarments and things like that and i was like obsessed so after after that i like you know, was like, okay, I need to, I, I want to wear like a chest binder or I'm like really interested in wearing like packing undies. But then when I was like trying to look online, I realized like anywhere you could go in person to buy these types of gender affirming undergarments were all like sex toy shops, which are not accessible to people who are under 18. Um, and then if you wanted to buy things online, you had to have access to uh, digital money, like, you know, credit cards, debit cards, PayPal, something. And I didn't have either of those. I, um, since this is a podcast, I know people can't see, but I'm almost 30 years old, but everybody thinks that I'm 16 years old. So when I was actually 16 years old, I look like I was like, what, 12 or something. So I would That's good. Never- when you're 80, you look like you're like 40. So. Well, when I'm 80, then I'll be a prune because it's like Asian folks. It's like the stereotype. We look young forever and then all of a sudden turn into like a little raisin. Such which a- <laughs> I'm into it. I've, I'm down for my raisin Listen, mode. Great. But it's just like there's going to be no in between child to raisin. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't even think of that. Oh, yeah. It's just it's the it's what we I'm all not have. Asian. So I don't think of the. I mean, why would I think of those things? Yeah. And I don't have a little Asian Grammy, so. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, as a 16-year-old, I had no hope of like, you know, trying to fake my way into uh, one of these in-person shops being like, hello, I am 18 years old. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, because people still will not believe me when I'm like, oh, I'm, well, they really don't believe me when I say I'm 29, but they'll be like, no, you're not even 18. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so I was like, okay, well, I feel like I want to learn how to make my own chest binder. That'd be like really cool, but I didn't really have, I, I didn't know how to do it because I still hadn't ever like gotten to really like touch a chest binder in person or see like what, how it's made or things like that. So um, it wasn't until I was in college and I took a lingerie class, um, but that's like skipping over some parts. Um, but yeah, anyway, I also just like hated the designs of chest binders that were available at the time. Like um, when I was a teenager, it was only like very medical looking style binders. Like, you know, they're either just white or just black or like in a, a beige that they would market as nude, but it's like, you know, definitely just marketed for light skin folks. Um, and uh, yeah, I just thought that they looked really ugly. So I like, even though I was like obsessed with it and wanted a chest binder, I also was like, but it's also ugly and I wouldn't really want to like show it off. So yeah, I was like dreaming of like, um, I was really into Buckminster Fuller in high school. So I was like, oh, like geodesic chest binder or like that's cool. geodesic packer, which at some point I still want to make a geodesic packer. <laughs> Um, so Is that like a shiny version of something geodesic means like like so it's like a, a spherical or like half dome made out of triangles rather than um, oh okay. I know what you mean yeah that's cool like your tattoo you're showing me yeah yeah it's in the real world it's it's almost like a 3d shape with triangles and you would... yeah yeah oh that'd be really cool to, that'd be cool it's very like futuristic looking yeah, I like I always I was obsessed with with that architect and and yeah, definitely loved um, his ideas that were like, yeah, so futuristic for the time. Yeah, he was like, he, he was like born in the 1800s. I mean, like 1890s. But um, when he was making these weird like spaceship looking cars, like the other cars that were around were like the Model T. So it was like, he right. was just like way ahead of his time. Um, and so I like, really like that. Um, or like, yeah, it would be kind of like more like crystal looking Packer or something like that. So cool. uh, I was like dreaming about that. Um, but yeah, didn't know how to do it. So then, but then in high, in college, I thought that I would get a lot more, uh, work that I wanted to get done. Like I, I, I had done a giant fashion performance in, in high school as my senior project. So I thought that every year I would come out with a collection, but college is just like a life suck. And they <laughs> just yeah, like, I mean, you're extra, extra, extra busy. I didn't go to college, but you do too. You do. I mean, you're just busy the whole day and night. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the school of the art Institute uh, oh. here in Chicago, which is like, it's like art school is even longer because we have studio classes. So the classes are from 9am to 4pm, which is like longer than your, or I guess it's maybe the same as your grade school, just scooted over. But like, it goes, it takes up the bulk of the day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, when do you have time to do anything else? No. Um, but then college made me so stressed and it was like very traumatic for me and I hated it. And I do not recommend going to the school of the arts too, or probably any private art school because 
it's way too expensive and you'll be in debt forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I only went because I had a full scholarship, but still, I don't think it was necessarily worth it. Yeah. Um, cause I got, I got severely sick. My stomach stopped working. Um, just from stress, from stressing that much, huh? I get, I mean, I think I got like, stress is real though. People don't get yeah. that. Like, even if you don't even like, even if you don't yeah. show the stress, it's all internal. Totally. You could yeah. be walking around just totally fine, but you're like, there's this constant like turning of your stomach. Not totally. the good turning. Like this yeah, the terrible turning. Terrible turning. And you're just like, I'm going to end up shooting a bird or something. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to break glass. I'm going to do something because I can't. This is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really stressful. Like, I mean, also, I think as a person who is going to college and also like working at the same time and yeah you know, and you other... give yourself those stresses too because you're just like ah i want to do it all but this is annoying because people you know humans get in the way sometimes too and like and then you get in the way of yourself and then it's like it's all that dumb layers of bullshit that runs through you so yeah yeah so i yeah i had to take off um a semester from school because my stuff like i i wasn't able to digest food and um that's so, so crazy yeah my- it was, it was horrible. Like I, um, yeah, I, I basically survived on mango kefir <laughs> for like months. Like I it's the only that. thing, I mean, yeah, I needed some sort of flavoring. I am a very flavorful person. So I was just like, oh my God, I can't uh, do this. But um, yeah, so I, I was super sick. My stomach stopped working. I stopped being able to wear most of the clothing that I had been wearing previously because it all hurt. Um, so I needed to make clothing that had like really soft, stretchy waistbands that like, I, I just use, um, a folded over piece of spandex instead of like elastic or, uh, mm-hmm. a woven non-stretch waistband, like, like in jeans or something. Um, cause those all like hurt so badly. So yeah, I was making comfier clothing for being sick in bed. Um, I, also had always had sensory sensitivities to seams since I was a tiny baby child and um, yeah, needed to make clothing that was uh, conscious of that. So anyway, when I got back- I mean, it's bringing you on this crazy journey. I know it seems like a fucked up journey, but it's still bringing you on a journey. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) getting to the point, you know? I know, I'm a very roundabout. Well, no, and but it's like this, but I'm talking about actually your journey through school and why you went there and what ended up happening to your body and like your sensitivities to things. And like, it's obviously it's, it doesn't, I know when you're doing all those things, it probably doesn't seem like that at all. You're like, why is this happening? Um, (laughs) But, and then it brought you to, you know, that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I was in, I took a lingerie class. I was like, I am going to start this clothing line right now. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait till I'm out of college. I still had like a year and a half left to go in school since I had delayed all my schooling. Yeah. Um, And I needed to do like a lot. I I had to get like a disability letter written for me so that I could do a lot less classes, but keep my scholarship. So I, and I wish that I had gotten a disability letter written prior because I've always had panic disorder and um and uh anxiety and depression and I shouldn't have felt so 
embarrassed or something to try to well, we get. don't talk well the thing yeah. is we don't talk about it in this country exactly so, especially so in just saying to you any of you teens if you need a letter to for any reason to you know this schooling system especially in college is so well no I guess they're all it's all really screwed up but so if you need more time you should try to like yeah get a disability letter and not feel embarrassed about it no. Um, cause it helped me so much. And I was like, maybe I wouldn't have gotten the stomach disorder if I had had a disability letter saying that I could take less classes at a time. So then I could either work at the same time and not be as stressed or just not even work at the same time and be really not stressed. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so when did you launch your first line? Like, did you do a fashion show or did you, um, you must've done a fashion show. Well, okay. So I had like a, a show before I officially had, had come up with rebirth garments. Uh, it, it didn't really have a, a name yet. I was like, I don't know. Um, it was at some goofy like goth club here in Chicago. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny cause they, it was like a couple of different people were showing, uh, garments and I guess cause the other people were more like typical, goth wearing like all black they use like red lighting so everybody you know looked kind of cool and vampire wearing all black but my stuff was all colorful and you just like everybody looked naked because the red light <laughs> made it so that the, like I don't know it bounced oh off the share yeah 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 wrong. so then it was just like oh it just like like I had a person wearing pink but it didn't look like they were wearing anything Whoops. it's a different kind of fashion you could tell that they were wearing like bodysuits, but it just like didn't, it just looked like, oh, it's just their skin color. But it's like, no, it's neon pink. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> um, so now I call, I jokingly call that my like pre-birth collection. <laughs> pre-birth, I like it. <laughs> but I launched Rebirth Garments first on Etsy in like November 2014. And then it wasn't until... I graduated from college the next spring. So like whatever, May or June 2015 that I had my first fashion performance. Cause I just, I just couldn't do a, another fashion performance like during school. It was too, too much. You guys don't, you don't, they don't let you create something. <laughs> so they're really big liars and they like. Cause wouldn't uh, that be the whole point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not for everybody, but for the people that are wanting to do that. Yeah, you would think, but they, um, yeah. So I was actually scouted uh, by SAC at my high school when I was a sophomore mm -hmm. and they saw my portfolio and like, they were like, I think we can get you with full ride. And I knew my, you know, financial situation at home. And I was like, okay, if I want to go to college, I gotta get a full ride. Otherwise I'm not going to college. Uh, but my, my parents at the time were like, you have to go to college, which now my mom's like, no, nobody should have to go because this is ridiculous. Made up. Uh, it's made up. It's all made up. You should totally. get educated. You should 100% uh, yeah. get educated in the things that yeah. you want to work on and, and better your craft. For but sure. You don't have to go. There's no reason for you to go to. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I didn't go to college. It's all, it's all made up. I almost went to college. But then I went there and I came home and I cried and I was like, I am not 
going yeah. to spend my life there because I was a professional dancer for like 10 years oh my mom was a professional dancer oh cool yeah I, I, that's what I wanted to do so but as soon as I graduated high school I was very lucky and got a cruise ship dancing job and that was it. oh nice yeah yeah so, um, I know a lot of people who've worked on cruise ships too for like circus stuff <laughs> oh yeah yeah well yeah, <laughs> no, it can be rough <laughs> like, yeah cruises uh it's a yeah yeah it's a whole it's a whole other podcast actually <laughs> uh sure. I should do a cruise ship podcast sometime. you should it's a whole thing so yeah uh all right so then you start to do this so with all the fashion and all the things that you're doing um what's your story like what's your queer journey there what's that been like has it been easy has it been annoying with the grown-ups in your life has it been supportive obviously from the tribe that you've chosen um yeah what's that I mean, for me, both my parents were professional artists or slash art. Um, my, my dad passed away a couple of years ago, so I'm always bad with figuring out how to do the tenses. <laughs> I'm like, they were our, my mom's still alive. She makes amazing art. She's the most supportive person in my life. Um, I, I guess, so I was obsessed, like obsessed, obsessed shaking um i was obsessed with xena the warrior princess when i was a child it came out in like 1995 i was four years old when it came out and i was like wow lucy lawless is the most beautiful woman i've ever seen in my life (laughs) so true she's very Um, pretty i know like gorgeous um and i was obsessed with her uh I mean, I've been obsessed with her ever since. And I think that that's how I knew that I was queer. I was like, wow. Um, I love that it was Xena, Princess, Warrior, Lucy Lawless. By the way, she played Rizzo in Greece on Broadway. Oh my God, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, it was like it was like Rosie O'Donnell did the, that revival. Huh. And then wow. she, she took over at some point. Oh Lucy Lawless, Xena, Princess, Warrior as Rizzo in Greece on Broadway. I mean- Perfect. That sounds like I'm making that up, and I'm not. No, um, she's a great singer. Oh, she is. She's I, I mean, really, really good. She you sings. Would know. It. Yeah, I know, like everything. <laughs> her, uh, according to Zena. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Okay, so you you knew you were pretty, pretty queer from from that point on, which is great. Yeah, I mean, there is those. I love those moments where you're like, I that's on that person. There is a. a Cause we didn't, I don't think we called it an attraction. We called it something else, whatever. We like probably praised their talent or we were like- For me, oh. I was like just obsessed with her. I was yeah. like, all I can think about is Xena. I like went, when the internet started, I was like, I'm going to look up what her address is and I'm going <laughs> to hire a helicopter. Oh, so you're a stalker. I, yeah. Now I think it's not cute, but <laughs> I'm like, but as like- Hopefully a, not. But as like a five-year-old, like, uh, right, you know, right, right. 19, I don't know, 1996, yeah. like trying to look on, yeah, figure out the internet, doing like the dial-up thing and then yeah, yeah. being like, yeah. what is her address? I'd never <laughs> found it. Um, yeah. Hire a helicopter, drop a beaded mermaid on her house for her. Cause obviously you look for packages on your roof, your yeah. house. And beaded mermaids. I'm and like, beaded mermaids. That's that's just like what I like making. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and then, and from you, this person she doesn't know. Uh, she's like, well, you know, whatever. I mean, someone <laughs> has to go on the roof eventually, and it does rain, so maybe it'll just fall off eventually, land on her 
back patio or something. She'll be like, what is this? I love it. I love that you're that creative and you're like, I'm going to hire a helicopter. I'm going to make a beat of mermaid and drop. Listen, I used to do crazy things too. I remember I was obsessed with rent. Rent was my thing. was my jam. Yes. That's how I knew I was like in my queer space. Like, like obsessed with Anthony Rapp. I'm probably I know. still obsessed with him. I love him. I'm in love I with love him. him. Don't tell him. I'm, I'm trying to get him on the podcast. Um, oh he's super like responsive and stuff online. So. And I've yeah. met him a couple of times and talked to him. So, uh, I'm I love fan. him on Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, so. well, Star Trek is amazing. That that's yeah. the, that's this particular Star Trek is unreal with everything. Yeah. I know Star Trek's always been great with everything yeah. and inclusivity. But, this, and all that kind of stuff. but Discovery especially, yeah. they take it on. They take Level on the up. world. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I was obsessed with Rent. I mean, I had the jacket, the scarf, the glasses. Like I was like, I went to the show. <laughs> I like met the cast. I was in Boston, so Massachusetts. That's how I, those are the people that I met, but okay. obsessed. So I get it. I had plans for everything. And I knew I loved that. I, I knew I was obsessed. I was like, oh my God, he's so cute. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and still is so cute, but, um, but I hear you on that, but probably, probably came off across a little bit crazy, but crazy good. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so, that's your journey. Your parents are super supportive. Your mom was a dancer. Which is what kind of dances she do? Jazz. She. Oh, me she too. was in. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. she was in uh, Joel Hall's original. Oh, sorry, my mom is calling. She. She's pick up. Hi, mom. I'm on a podcast right now, and I'm talking about you. We're talking about you. Talking about. Oh gosh, FaceTime's trying to open. Okay, I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. She probably knows the Gus Giordano Dance Company then in Chicago. Maybe that's like, yeah. That's like the famous jazz, uh, jazz dance ensemble. Like the he like started jazz basically. Jazz oh, dance. Jazz dance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, created something like that. That's so cool. I love it. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, when I came out to her, she got really freaked out just because like literally all of her friends passed away because of HIV and AIDS. So she, oh, which. You know, I was so annoyed at the time because I was just like, like, you don't understand. Also, like, you know, medicines are a lot better now. And like, also, I'm like, not too likely. To, I don't know, just be, with the people that I'm sleeping with. But I was like, right. ah, I don't know, like, I'm so annoyed, mom. But now that I've, you know, now that we're in this current pandemic, I'm like, okay, I understand how freaked out she was yeah i mean she came off of the height of i mean she she lost all those friends so it's like left over you know she has that that don't ever go away you know like uh, yeah that's, that's her memories of that and her feelings of that so for sure uh, but that's pretty cool do you have any uh, siblings or anything like that not any biological siblings but i have lots of chosen family that my mom has like super taken in and stuff and cool uh, yeah we always have people oh right now not because of pandemic but pre-pandemic we'd always have like gazillion people staying over and stuff so like yeah my parents bought this building in 1984 and I live in a separate apartment with a roommate and then um my studio is actually what was my mom's home dance studio so there's like a wall of mirrors behind me cool uh, and video video studio for my dad so there's like a blue screen wall on the other side of me you guys sound so (laughs) bohemian it's like crazy I love I it. Yeah. I love it. It sounds like a, com- it sounds like a commune, like a, our commune, basically. It kind 
it's just <laughs> what uh so what now like oh actually what's your ethnic background what's your specific because so i'm filipinx and white um my mom's white and my dad um yeah is from the philippines and came here when he was 14 um so yeah uh i've i guess the part of me that had to like hide my queerness more was like when i would go to like my philippine gram grandma's house i would have to like not or I mean I would still like basically dress the way I do maybe tone it down a tiny bit but like um yeah I remember like in high school almost being outed to her and she started flipping out and I was like no 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 like just because I was like I can't deal with this so um but now I can be out to like my whole family which is nice um but yeah I would say like you know my mom was always very supportive my parents were always supportive of me dressing however I wanted and things like that but I I think that the people who helped me more on like my yeah like as my queer mentors were like the dykes at Trader Joe's shout out to I love it <laughs> shout out to the dykes at Trader Joe's at Trader Joe's how typical that's so funny <laughs> um I love those uh, yeah that's great so you're very that's really cool that's a cool story because you know I like to have all the types of stories and yours is a cool story because you know your parents were very artsy and that helped yeah for sure it couldn't have not helped you know there is there's those stories where yeah. it's like just because they're artsy doesn't mean they're gonna be accepting of anything so yes. which is so funny so what now so what do you do now? so what now with all of the pandemic happened okay it happened yes it was horrible but what do you do now what are you doing like what is all the what's all the fun stuff going on with your with your so what I think that your listeners will think is the most exciting is that I've been working with Chicago Public Library with their teen programming um which in Chicago it's called like the teen part of Chicago Public Library is called U Media Chicago. And uh, I've created a queer fashion curriculum that is like through them. Cool. And because of pandemic, it's actually all online for free on YouTube. And we have currently like 60 videos uh, that, yeah, everything's free. Um, and it's all just like how I, I'm trying to cover like every aspect of fashion and how to do things like very cheaply, very accessibly, um, but also, yeah, not just thinking about making clothing or uh, like uh, I have like hand sewing tutorials, but also machine sewing, also the serger, which is what I use for sewing spandex. Um, but we also have like makeup tutorials. We're gonna have a really cool hair tutorial um, at the end of this month uh, and nails tutorial. Um, and like, but also like photography and setting up like an e-commerce site and just like entrepreneurial stuff too. So we just really want to empower teens to uh, be able to figure out making like their own business or getting, if they want to get into this industry, but like, yeah, don't like all of the ridiculous, like super backwards, um, I know, rules or like standards of the fashion industry, like just being like, you can carve your own path. Um, or you can be in, in my path and we can go at it together. Um, so yeah, uh, it's open to everybody since it's just on YouTube, but if you go to the U Media Chicago YouTube and click on the, the um, curriculums called Radical Fit, 
So click on that pl playlist and you can look at all these amazing videos uh, with like so many really cool teachers. And then we're having our an in-person event, which originally was going to be like the final event for this program, but they decided to extend it indefinitely. So uh, I can do okay. queer fashion at the library forever if I want. <laughs> right. I love that. Well, what you'll end up doing is you'll do it for a while. Someone will come in and then you'll train them and then they could just do it. And you'll do other bigger, bigger things. No, <laughs> I want to be in charge. I like to be in charge. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're a control freak. Yes. <laughs> Good you. Me too. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Let me know how it works out. I mean, I've been doing it. <laughs> I'm the same way. I, well, I'm, I'm a control freak to an extent. I don't do like any of my social media, real, I, I, all the big stuff. I, I pay someone to do that. Mm. I was like, there's no reason for me to do that when I have 900 other things to do. Yeah. So, uh, that's so cool. That's a great pro. That's a great program. Go Chicago. Um, I love that. So uh, do you have anything that you want to, are you planning for, uh, anything coming up, uh, for like a fashion show, like in the fall or the winter? Um, I have a fashion performance in Hong Kong uh, on July 2nd. Uh, You're going one, to Hong Kong? I mailed all the garments. I was going to go to Hong Kong for like a second. <laughs> and then we we're like, just kidding. Like, you know, for a while it was, it was the COVID situation was like better there. And they kept on being like, you should come. And I was like, I don't think I can come. But then I got the vaccine and I was like, okay think I can come and they're like cool and then like a week later things got really bad there so they were like just kidding <laughs> we can't do it <laughs> but I sent all the garments they're gonna have a in-person show um they, they're like there are in-person events still and or like yeah almost at like full capacity in Hong Kong because everybody's really good at wearing masks and good at like you know taking care of each other imagine that yeah <laughs> I know <laughs> uh that's so exciting it's kind of cool though because like you could just sit back and or maybe you can like chime in on the day of yeah no i'm gonna be like a projected floating head like dancing along with the that's awesome other dance that's a great market hong kong like they do so their fashion's so different over in like hong kong japan china like they they like push the boundaries i think they push them more than anybody um, as far as like colors and textures and, 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 and just thinking outside of the box. That's a great market to get involved with. That's so cool. I'm just um, excited because the community is so, so awesome. Like uh, they, they are like super on it. They like had all these ideas for people that we might want to be connected with. Like there's, um, I did a panel talk with this company called Reese Design HK and uh, they make like pretty they, they're very similar to rebirth garments but like um marketed towards elderly folks and oh, folks cool. like with dementia or um yeah folks with limited mobility who are older um but like cute stylish like they have like really cute stylish um clothing protectors for like while eating like um but like that might have like a little they they just like look like fancy clothes but they're um, you know, waterproof and you can just like, oh, so cool. it's like a bib. You just like put it on and take it off, but they like look really great. And yeah, they have very similar like philosophy to rebirth garments, even though like it's a totally different, um, you know, styling or approach, but like, I love it. I'm like obsessed. 
What um what's one thing you can think I know this is a loaded question, but what's one moment you can really latch on to that with your fashion and with the accessibility with it, what's one person that you've brought into your world and and clothed um, mm-hmm. that really like brought you to tears or joy in that moment? Can you think of anybody or anyone or anything? I would say so I I've been mentoring at my high school ever since I graduated there and I I love this one teen that I'm now like very good friends with Malinka who I they met me when they were I think 16 um they're like very very quiet very shy um person with alopecia and they were like wearing like human hair wigs and stuff and saw me give a talk on like slow fashion and um, like learned that wigs are usually made in like sweatshops or like under bad conditions. Um, But they love my headpieces and we're like, oh my gosh, I want to learn how to make a headpiece. I want to like never buy another, you know, another wig from a sweatshop ever again. Um, I want to like, and and they loved how the metal headpieces could last like you know, for, for however long you need it to last. Whereas the wigs that they used to get, um, were supposed to last for five years, but would only last for two years generally, especially as like a young person who's like more active. Um, so yeah, the next week I saw them and they like started making a a metal headpiece. And then I taught them how to chain mail. They like really came out of their shell and like completely transformed uh, they came out as non-binary and queer and then like they modeled for me in a show and I think that day they had like um or the day before they had like broken a part of their leg but I was like you can still model like on crutches it's fine mm-hmm. um and yeah I did their makeup and I did like some fun colorful things like uh, and I like shaped their eyebrows in a cool like squiggly zigzag thing because like yeah, since they had alopecia, they are, this isn't always um, the case with every kind of alopecia, but uh, they didn't have any eyebrows. So I was like, oh, this is like extra fun. You can do any kind of shape. Whatever you want. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And and then they were like, oh my gosh, like I can do any color and any shape because they were always just doing like trying to make natural looking eyebrows. Um, But then they started wearing like rainbow eyebrows to school and like yeah, have completely transformed from like so shy, so quiet to like super out there, very queer, very like um, proudly like disabled too, like and mentally ill and just like just such a big advocate and like, um, yeah, just like they are in New York now and doing like oh, drag cool. and college and stuff and nice. so fun. Yeah, I mean, drag queens actually shave their eyebrows, anyways. So I know exactly. <laughs> they do. Well, they're they like do. more like a, a drag creature. <laughs> like drag creatures are the best. They, yeah. I bet they probably do a lot of stuff. I wonder if they do a lot of stuff in Brooklyn because that's where all the creatures. Yeah, work, is in <laughs> yeah. Brooklyn. All the beautiful freaks and geeks live in Brooklyn, and they're amazing. I mean, that's why like Sasha Valore is like one of my t- ultimate. I mean, yeah. they're just a, a totally. piece of art in general. They're like yeah. they're otherworldly. They're an alien creature. Yeah. live for only humans that are like that only because it's so funny when people get so up in arms about all that kind of stuff they're like oh they're so weird i go you are you're right they are weird because 
they're doing themselves. They're like being yeah. who they are and they don't fucking care. Like yeah. it, it, and it's not even a fuck you into your face most of the time. It's just like, I just want to create this like world. Um, like uh, Sasha's Nightgowns. Have you watched that documentary? It's really good. I haven't yet. Um, it's just into, inside the world of doing that, the show that they perform and, yeah. and create with their friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she does all her stuff through digital art. Mm-hmm. that crazy art stuff she does with like all the lighting and mm-hmm. um and uh but they're all just doing themselves like they're just being themselves and yeah. the whole audience is filled with a bunch of fucking freaks and weirdos and it's like it's so beautiful because the joy that's coming out of that room is like intoxicating like it's just so much joy that it's almost hard to contain like in your like being like it's like so cool and that's that's literally why what i live for that's why i reached out to you i could just tell i just i dive into energies it's it's very it's easy for me to dive into energies sometimes i can't shut it off but um then i'll just go and hide and 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 go in my cool in the back and just dunk underwater and and not talk talk to the world (laughs) but i love the world i love being a part of humans that's why this pandemic was really hard for me i had a few moments where it was not very good um because i like to be around humans but uh, all right. So I asked two more questions. One, what are some words of wisdom you can give my queer youth listeners and my listeners in general? And then I'll ask the second question after that. Cool. Uh, I think the most important thing to me um, as like a young person is just like knowing that adults are just like you. They aren't anything special. They aren't uh, better or more wise humans, really. They are just faking it. (laughs) Um, Or they, yeah, have a false sense of like hierarchy that they're better than you. So don't listen to them if they're trying to put you down. Um, If you have like cool ideas that you want to do, like especially in art or yeah, gender or, or anything, like you should just do them even if adults think that it's weird or are are, uh, criticizing you. I had a lot of teachers pushing back um, on me in college who were trying to just like enforce, you know, more binary or Western standards, uh, especially standards of of beauty. And I fully, um, yeah, was just like so against everything that they said because it was all fat phobic and racist and classist um and they yeah I had so much trouble in college because of because of that like because they were just so into enforcing the status quo um so yeah just you know go your own way don't uh and don't listen to adults that's my don't listen to adults don't listen to the ignorant fools really because it's true like and it's no one's fault but our own like we created this world we designed things you know stupid white cisgendered men designed an idea and it took it people latched onto that one idea and it took and it went and it went and it went and it went but in the middle of all that throughout the decades thousands of years all of us have been here together and all types have been here um so if someone says they think they know what they know, well, they might know that, but you know something else and yeah. tell them that something else. My, I have a, my niece is 12. Uh, they're pansexual already out really awesome going on this journey. But my, my sister and my sister's boyfriend are having a hard time. Mm. 
And I said, here's the thing, like, they're going to have a hard time because they have one idea of something. Yeah. And that's the idea they're going to stick to because all of their friends, all of their quote unquote, there's no such thing as straight, but they're straight friends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there isn't anything as such a straight. Really. I know. There isn't anything such a thing anything which is it's just who we like you know and yeah. who we want to be and who we are so so give it a moment and i know you're 12 and you're still gonna be a teenager and you're still gonna be a brat because that's what teenagers do it's just it's ingrained in all of us uh but just give it a second and reach out to me through text you know what i mean like and just have yeah. these conversations and i can reach out to you i can talk to mom if you want me to you know, yeah, I got because I, I got a bunch of queer kids in my family. I got trans, pansexual, awesome. gay. Oh, my brother's yeah. gay. Yeah, I got all of it. Yeah, I love that. I got all of it. It's a big queer family. It's fantastic. So, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, but also Twitter and Facebook at just like Rebirth Garments, smushed together as as one word, Rebirth Garments. Um, I'm most uh, good at Instagram. I was be starting to be good at TikTok, but then I got very overwhelmed. So uh, definitely Instagram. <laughs> and then my website is rebirthgarments.com. I'm also trying to make like kind of a whatever family friendly, quote unquote, <laughs> website. I think everything is family friendly, but whatever. Me too. Um, so I, I'm trying to make one at like rebirthwarriors.com because I'm I'm also trying to start um, kind of similarly to my Radical Fit teen programming. I'm trying to start a kids TV show called Sky and the Rebirth Warriors, uh, which I already have a little trailer for. It's very cute. Um, so Cartoon yeah. or, real, or, or live action? Live action, but it'll have like elements of puppetry and Maybe some animation too, but mostly live action. Ooh, that sounds so whimsical. I want to go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of like a queer Mister Rogers slash like. Oh, fun! Like out of the box and um, Zoom, like the TV show Zoom, not the <laughs> what we are on platform Zoom. Um, yeah, and and then maybe like the sprinkle of Pee Wee's Playhouse for for looks. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna watch it right now. I'm obsessed with Pee-wee's Playhouse and Pee-wee's Playhouse was like one of the dirtiest shows, children's shows ever created. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really, it's the funniest adult kid show ever invented. And I love it. I love how messed up it is and, and crazy and beautiful and so stupid. I love it. I love all of it. Well, you're adorable and so sweet. And I am obsessed and I'm going to buy some. Are you currently, are you making stuff right now? Um, right now I'm on a little break because almost all of my, well, so all of my employees are vaccinated. So a lot of them are going back home right now to visit their families after not being able to see them for so long. So, and my health is really bad right now. So, uh, we're just doing a little break, but we'll be back up. I think June 24th is when I'm going to turn the shop back on. So. Oh yeah. I saw that. Cause I went to go, I actually went to go buy something <laughs> and like, I'll be back June 24th. I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I will be purchasing something June 24th or going through all of the things and getting it and then wearing it, posting it and, and talking about it. Perfect. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody go check out rebirthgarments.com. The shop is still currently closed, which is totally cool. Um, Got to give them some time. Got to give them some time. But great episode. Thank you for our discussion.
And of course, thank you to my honor sponsor, Michael J. Grabowskis. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thanks for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.